Hello out there in the hinterlands. This is Rock, and I'm rolling solo this episode to bring you guys a couple of supernatural tales that are part of my family lore. And even though we're quarantined, my co-host Max still has work and school. I don't know if that's good or bad. So bravo, Max, though, for staying focused. I, like many of us, have a lot of extra time on my hands. And since Idle Hands are the Devil's Workshop, I figured I might as well create another episode of Rock's Tales. This will be Volume 3, and like the others, this one will focus on kind of the family tales that I heard growing up. So sit back, take off your face mask, grab a nice drink. I'm always in favor of grabbing a nice drink. And relax in front of your fire, real or imaginary. And travel back with me through the stream of time as I regale you with a few stories from my clan. If you've listened to previous volumes of Rock's Tales or even different episodes of our podcast, you're well aware that I grew up in South Texas in a house that had a bit of paranormal activity going on. And also, like I've said in the past, not on a Castle Glamis or the Stanley Hotel level, but enough to make a kid a bit uneasy at times. We had the obligatory lady in white roaming the halls, dogs howling throughout the neighborhood when the sun went down. And uh, yeah, that happened quite often. It was a thing. And add to the fact that a huge spooky cemetery was right across the street from my house. Yeah, that's the cherry on top. All in all, it was a great place to grow up and a great place to have a kid's imagination stoked, uh, you know, about what could be out there in the darkness. But this story is not about me. It's about my sister, who, if I'm honest, has had way more experience with the supernatural or paranormal than I have. And I'm totally cool with that. Like Max and I have both said in the past, we love talking about this stuff, but we don't want to strap on the proton packs and get out in the field. We'll leave that to the so-called experts on the Travel Channel. So my sister, bit of history, was a little bit of a wild child. If you've heard Rock's Tales Volume 1, you'll know what I'm talking about. And she's a bit of a badass, still is, with a heart of gold. But from a young age, she had a problem with authority figures, i.e. our parents. So she'd sneak out, party, rock the eight-track tapes of Aerosmith, Toys in the Attic. You know, late 70s activity. Check out Days to Confuse if you need a better picture. So this tale involves a friend of my sister's named Roxy. I was a kid, young, five or six, but I can still recall this person. Loud, boisterous, had big hair. She was kind of a blast, always ready for a party. My parents couldn't stand her, of course. And that made my sister gravitate toward her even more. So one night, and this was around 1980, and I recall, because I said earlier, I was about six, and that was a big year for us because that's when we moved into the house that our dad had just built, the house that I grew up in. According to family lore, this is what went down. Midnight rolls around and my sister sneaks out. She and Roxy had made plans to meet a couple of houses up from ours where Roxy would be waiting for my sister in her truck. Then it was off to the captain's table to dance, have an underage drink, and check out the guys. The captain's table was the local hotspot back in the day. So that was a plan. Only it didn't quite work out like that. 
My sister slips out of the house and meets Roxy. Hops in the truck, lights a cigarette, and they're off. Up the hill towards freedom and dudes and free drinks. Now at the top of our hill is a stop sign. And this is where things get a little weird. Well, maybe weird is too light a word for what happens. I'll let you be the judge. So as they're rolling toward the stop sign, windows down, Fleetwood Mac blasting, they see a person leaning up against the stop sign, as if he's waiting for them. Who the hell is that? My sister asks. Who cares, Roxy replies. He's gorgeous. And why in the hell is he wearing a tuxedo? My sister asks. Yes, y'all, you heard right. So let's sum this up real quick. Midnight, my sister clearly disobeying my parents' wishes with her equally wild child of a bestie, encountering a good-looking dude dressed in a tux, hanging her on a stop sign right across from a large cemetery. What could possibly go wrong? My sister, who, despite all, has a pretty good sixth sense about these kind of things, still does, and she felt something was wrong almost right off the bat. So the guy in the tux issues a dazzling smile as he casually walks over to the driver's side, the lights illuminating his fancy tux as he walks in front of the truck. Need a ride? Roxy blurts out from her side of the truck. What are you girls doing out tonight? The stranger asks, flashing that thousand watt smile. Now at this point, my sister said she felt something in her gut, like in the pit of her stomach, like she wanted a dry heave. Also, it got noticeably colder in the truck. Mere seconds have passed and Roxy is shooting the breeze with this guy, asking him if he'd like to go with them to the club. And by this time, he's already at the driver's side window, just smiling at him. Like he knew something we didn't, my sister later told us. And then the smell hit them. The overpowering odor of sulfur, or brimstone if we're getting biblical, y'all. But this smell just filled the truck's cab. And this guy, this handsome stranger in a tux, was now leaning into the truck at Roxy's side, just grinning like a madman at my sister. Go, Roxy, go, my sister shouts, and by now even Roxy is afraid. So she guns it, pedal to the metal, and this guy tries to grab the steering wheel, but she fends him off. Now as soon as they turn the corner, my sister and Roxy both look back to where the guy should be. Was he still there? You guessed it, y'all. Nah, he was gone. Now, did he vanish like Nightcrawler in a puff of brimstone? Who knows? But he wasn't there, and there was literally no place for him to go. So now both girls are almost in shock. My sister wants no part of the club now. Captain's table be damned. She wants our mom. So they make their way back to our house through the back roads and alternate route. Roxy dropped my sister off, and... She hauls ass home. Sister wakes up mom, tells her what happened, and obviously she's freaked the hell out. Mom stays up with her, prays, that sort of thing. We get a curandero over the next day to bless the house, to bless her. So the question was this, who or what was a stranger in a tuxedo waiting for them at the top of the hill? Now opinions vary. Some of the family think it was a phantom, some long-deceased party wanting to hang out with a couple of pretty girls. My abuela, my grandmother, and others thought it was something different, more serious. My uncle is a pastor, 
and he has a strong belief that the man upstairs allows the devil to get into people's lives to scare them back on the right track once in a while. And his firm belief was that it was the devil himself that night, dressed to the nines, looking to frighten some wayward kids either back on the right track or down the highway to hell. Highway to hell. hell. You decide. Our second tale also involves my sister and my mom and my newborn nephew. Now this took place in the mid 80s, 84, 85, I'm thinking. So this was right after my sister had her first kid, my nephew Danny. Now, I don't recall the exact circumstances that drove my sister to seek the advice of a curandera that my mom had been going to. She was a nice woman, quality woman, healer, that sort of thing. But I do recall that she and my mom and my nephew drove over to the curandera's house well after dark. And the street this was on, Vine, kind of ran toward the river where she lived, and it wasn't the greatest area of town. Massive trees grew on both sides of the road in some areas, kind of creating this tunnel that she had to drive under. And late at night, no lights, very creepy. So the story is this. Mom, my sister, and nephew, again, who was a newborn, roll up to the Kudendera's house, and forgive me, her name escapes me. But they drive up, and it's late, around 10 o'clock at night, black as pitch, no street lights or porch lights on. And as they turn the car lights off and are getting out of the car, they heard noises in the trees all around them. Mom's head is sounding like chattering, whistles, odd noises, almost like some sort of nonsense talking. They heard the wind moving through the trees as well. Things hopping from branch to branch, leaves moving, branches breaking. Mom said it felt like they were being watched. And when my sister stepped out of the car with my nephew in her arms, the noises in the trees became even louder, as if whatever was in the trees was excited by the sight of this newborn baby. So they all immediately get back in the car because they knew something was up, that something in the trees was watching them. And they knew what it was. Lechuzas. Now this was well before the days of cell phones and the only way to get the good end at his attention was for mom to honk the car horn. So she laid on it. Finally the door opens and light kind of floods the front yard and the noises in the tree, that chattering grows louder. Mom rolls down the window and calls to the good end waving at her. But her attention is up in the trees. She immediately walks outside, leaving her light on and door open, and she begins cursing out the lechuzas, the witch birds in the trees, waving her arms at them, telling them to leave, telling them they're not welcome, and they scatter. Mom said they heard the sound of large wings and louder whistles as the creatures vacated the trees, branches falling to the ground on the car, around them, leaves falling lightly on the hood. And soon there was silence. The old curandera smiled and waved them out of the car. What was that about, my sister asked. It was you, she said sternly, as she gently picked my nephew up from my sister's arms. Or rather him. He's not baptized yet, is he? My sister was amazed. How could she know? No, my sister said. We haven't done it yet. Do it, the curandera answered, and do it soon. When a child is unbaptized, they're in a dark room. And in that darkness, they're vulnerable. She looked up in the trees. That's why the lechuzas got louder when they saw your baby. He was unprotected. 
Both my mom and my sister were amazed when the good undead had told her stories of unbaptized babies being found with bruises all over them, and doctors having no clue of what it could be. Lechuzas can take a child's life force if they're not baptized. This is a dangerous time for your baby. Needless to say, very soon after that, my sister got my nephew baptized, and they never had any more trouble after that. Pays to be safe, y'all. Hey guys, if y'all'd like to learn more about La Lechusa, listen to our first podcast. Max and I uh, had a great time. It's a good one. Thank you so much for hanging out with me during this special episode of Rock's Tales. It means a lot to our team. And even though Max ain't here right now, he's here in spirit. We'll be back next week with more nightmares and daydreams. As always, the bard of our show is Teresa Joy. Find and follow her at Viobright, V-I-O-B-R-I-T-E, on Facebook and Instagram. Also check out her original music on her website, TeresaJoyMusic.com. You like violins? You'll love her stuff. Do your ears a favor and give it a listen. And guys, I know I sound like a broken record, but we need reviews, y'all. So please click the link below the episode description and take that quick second. Give us that much-needed five-star review. We'd like to get our podcast out to as many like-minded folks as possible. It's so appreciated. Finally, give us a shout on Twitter. Head over to our Facebook page. Like and participate. We have some fun stuff going on. And then cruise over and holler at your boys on our website, nightmarespodcast.net. Maybe pick up some fun merch. We'd love to hear from you. Well, that's it for tonight, y'all. Please stay safe out there. Be good to each other. This is a scary time, but we'll get through it. So, as always, sweet dreams. dreams.